We certainly can trust in God alone. He's always there. He'll meet every need in our lives. And what a time we've had and uh, the testings that we've had during these days of the COVID-19, this pandemic worldwide. Uh, the world is shut down because of the coronavirus. But I'm glad that God, that God is in control. And I'm glad that God is taking care of you. He's watching over you, our church family, our school families, and our missionary families, and right here in our community. We pray for our community. We want to be a light uh, here in Banning, Beaumont, the Pass area, and uh, just sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, and just uh, uh, lifting people's spirits and pointing them to Jesus. And so we want to spend time with our God, and we want to spend time in the Bible. We want to spend time in prayer, and then just go out into the world and impact this world for the cause of Christ. And I'm excited about uh, these days and the days to come as we think about this summer. Um, we're going to, uh, we're looking at uh, some plans to do a drive-in service and on Mother's Day, so you keep that in mind. On Mother's Day, we're looking to uh, have a drive-in service here on Sunday morning at 10.30. And uh, we'll be looking at the, uh, the planning of that and excited about that. So you can either come here and do the drive-in service, uh, or you can stay home and, and watch it on live stream. Uh, it won't be quite as nice as we do normally on Sunday in our live stream, because we'll be out in the parking lot. But, uh, but I think you'll enjoy it. And we'll get God's word and God's message out on Mother's Day. What, just think about mom and mothers, how special moms are. And it's going to be a special day. And we just look forward to sharing it with you and getting maybe to see you as you drive by and drive in the drive-in service. And we'll honor moms on that day. And it'll just be a, a great day to be on the grounds of God's house. And uh, we're thankful. And then as we look towards uh, the, the summertime, Pray with us. I know there's a push on now in Washington, D.C. for the president to, in the White House to declare the church essential. There's no more, there's no more of a, an, an essential institution in this country than the church. The church is most essential. This country was built upon the, the freedom to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so... You know, we, we're going along with the, uh, with the social distancing, and we've, we've been cooperative in, uh, uh, in not having services and doing the virtual online, live streaming the services, the Bible studies, and so on. And we're getting the gospel out, and people are being fed the Word of God. It's the Bible that changes our lives. It's the Bible that feeds us. There's no shortage. You don't have to go down to Walmart in fact, there's no shortage of the Bible. You know, you can, you can read it every day. Um, it's the bread of life. It's the water for your soul. And uh, it feeds your soul. And so you have it. There's no shortage of the Bible. There's no shortage of this Holy Spirit of God. And so I hope that you're growing during these days in the Word and studying the Word. But uh, I want you to pray with me as we consider a time where we're going to start back to church. And it won't be the same. We're not going to have the choir up here right away. And 
We probably won't have a nursery right away, but uh, we want to start holding services here in the church. And I'm sure there'll be some restrictions in how big the crowd can be. And I know that some of our folks that are 65 years and older should probably stay home uh, for several, maybe even several months. We'll see. But uh, we do want to open the doors of the house of God. This is God's house. This is God's place. This is most important. And of course, we're going to take steps and, uh, to make sure we do everything possible, just like when you go to the store, you go to the grocery store. There are things in place there for the social distancing and, and uh, they're sanitizing things and you're wearing a mask. And, and so we're going to take uh, all the same steps and precautions that, uh, that are in place uh, and, and even more so here in the church. Uh, and so be praying about that. We look forward to getting back to church and starting back in that direction. Uh, we have some events planned for our school and in June, the, the latter part of June. And so we want, again, to be, to be wise, uh, to protect our families, but, uh, but also get back uh, into uh, what God has called us to do, and that's uh, meeting together and uh, looking into the Word of God and serving our, our Heavenly Father. I hope that during these days that you, your heart has been, has been discouraged. No, we don't want you to be discouraged, encouraged. We hope that your hearts are encouraged. And we think about the life of Joseph, a young man, uh, just a, a young teenage boy, and God is moving. God moves in the heart of his father, and... Uh, uh, Jacob, and you know he's he's chosen, and not it wasn't Jacob that chose Joseph; it was God. And God had a plan for him. God had a plan for Joseph. And when God moved, and when God blessed, and when you know Joseph has the the coat of many colors, Joseph has the dream where the the sheaves stand up, and they all give obeisance to his sheaf, and. You know, he's thinking, the, the brother's thinking, wow, are we going to bow down to you? And then the sun and the moon and the 11 stars rise up and give obeisance to him. Uh, and, uh, and, and he is the star. He's the chosen one. And uh, his brethren don't like it. And, uh, you know, Joseph was a good kid. Joseph was faithful. When Joseph got home in the evening after a uh, being out in the work, you know, Joseph was a faithful son to his father. His father would have never given him the coat of many colors, and he never would have found favor with his father hadn't he been a good son. When he was out taking care of the sheep, he worked hard. He was a good shepherd. He took care of the sheep. When he went on the uh, assignment to check on his brethren, yes, Dad, whatever you need me to do, Father, he was willing to do it. He was faithful. And let me tell you something. There's influence in a faithful life. People are watching your life. They want to just see consistent, a consistent walk with God. A consistent walk with God through the good times, through the difficult times. And this is really, this is really our time to shine for the glory of God. And of course, it's not us. There's nothing special about us. 
other than the fact that uh, we're saved by the grace of God, called to serve God. We have a knowledge of the Word of God. We know Jesus is coming again. We know that uh, He died upon the cross for our sins, rose again the third day. He's alive forevermore. And so because I have Jesus, I have eternal life. I'm never going to die. And so the, no, death doesn't scare me. I, but I'm to be faithful with my life. That's what I'm, we, we're to be fearful of, that we're not faithful. And so I think we can see in Joseph's life the influence and the power of a faithful life for the glory of God. And so Joseph... Uh, has arrived in Egypt. He was sold as a slave. He has been bought, purchased by Potiphar, and uh, he's in Potiphar's home, and he's just doing what uh, he's asked to do, the Bible says. If you'll notice with me, in verse number 7 of Genesis chapter 39, and it came to pass after these things, that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. So here we have Joseph. He's a good-looking young man. Um, he's working. He, he's, he's been given everything in the household. He's overseeing every aspect of that household. And I'm sure it was a nice house. I'm sure Potiphar had money. I'm sure he had much influence. I'm sure that he had a beautiful wife. And he had everything. And jo Joseph is entrusted with all of his possessions. In verse uh, 8 of chapter 39, the Bible says, but he refused. She tempted, but, she, but he refused. And he said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wotteth not what is, what is with me in the house. And he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. There's none greater in this house than I. And I got to tell you, that probably uh, uh, added to the attraction of Potiphar's wife to Joseph. He, wa he was a, man, a young man that was being blessed by God. He was a young man that everything he touched prospered. He was a young man. He's young, but he has power. He has, he has a powerful position already. Everything, and there's none greater in this house than I, he says. Neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee. Joseph said, Any, everything, I'm taking care of everything in this house. If he had Mercedes, which he didn't, he would be taking care of the Mercedes. He would be taking care of everything. If he had valuable stuff, Joseph would have access and protect it. Joseph had power. Joseph um, had position. And with that power and position came the temptation, came the attraction of Potiphar's wife. And... Uh, and uh, he said, because thou art his wife, how can I do this great wickedness? And notice what Joseph says, and sin against God. See, he's not only thinking about his master, Potiphar, but he's thinking about his real master, and that's God. 
And so when we live and do live righteously and make the right decisions, we're doing so because we love God. We're going to obey God. We're following God. God places leaders in our lives, people to follow, people to look to in this world. And there's a boss, there's a, there's a pastor, or there's a, there's a husband, there's a mom, there's a dad. If you're a young person, you're to look to your mom and dad. And mom and dad have great responsibility. And so he says, how can I do this wickedness, this great wickedness? I mean, this isn't just something small. How could I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And the Bible says, and it came to pass, as she spake to Joseph day by day. And that's how temptation can come, day by day. You know, you're out of your normal schedules. You're at home a lot and uh, different things going on. There's times in your life these things happen. And so you have to be careful of the temptation. Joseph had to deal with it day by day. And uh, uh, the Bible says that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. And so he's being tempted day by day. Verse number 11, And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business, and there was none of the men of the house uh, there uh, within. And she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. And so he flees. He leaves. She's, she's, uh, she's tempting him to lie with her, to sleep with her. Now, as we think about this temptation, this, this temptation, the Bible says, was something that was such as common to man. I mean, uh, Joseph's a young man. Potiphar's wife is beautiful. And man has a desire that God has placed in his heart, a sexual desire. And, uh, and so she's tempting him based on something that God has placed in him but that is only preserved or reserved for a husband and wife relationship. And so it's a natural and a legitimate need in Joseph's life, but it's not time yet. It's not time for him, nor is it the place for him, because Potiphar's wife is not his wife. And so he's tempted and, uh, uh, to commit fornication. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 18 through 20, flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. And so when we think about sexual sin, when you sin, you sin against the body. Uh, sex is something that is, again, reserved for marriage, one man, one woman. Uh, that's the family. And so Joseph is faced with this, this temptation. But notice what the Bible says. Fornication sinneth against his own body. But look at verse 19. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, 
which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. So when you consider the sin of fornication, uh, sexual sin before marriage, when you sin against your body, you're sinning against God because God owns your body. You belong to Him. And so the Bible says, For you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And so um, he has a legitimate temptation here, but he says no to the temptation. Joseph was a long way from home. He's in a strange land. You know, sometimes the word is when, when, you're, when you're in Rome, do as the Romans do. He's away from his father. He's away from, that, uh, from, from the, the worship of Jehovah. He's a long ways from home. But even in being a long ways from home, it's still, it's still right to do right. They have a saying about Las Vegas, what, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. No, what happens in Vegas, that sin sins against an almighty God. And it doesn't stay in Vegas. And uh, God will deal with it. And so, um, Joseph's a long way from home. He's dealing with um, temptation. And uh, we have to be careful. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, and, and verse 22, that uh, uh, we ought to flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace, and them that call on the, uh, call on the Lord out of a pure heart. So we're to flee youth, youthful lust. And just like uh, the youthful lust never goes away, just so because you get older doesn't mean the youthful, the youthful lust, the lust of the body, um, goes away. You flee it, and you follow righteousness, faith, charity, or love, peace. Listen, if you, if you commit fornication or you commit adultery, um, you won't have peace. It'll affect your whole life. That's why I'm just thankful for that we have the power and the, the ability to preach the Word of God and teach the, the young people to be pure, to stay away from sexual sin, um, because they'll be able to have peace in their life and peace in their hearts throughout their life. Um, and so look to hang out with those that call on the Lord out of a pure heart and... Uh, Keep your heart pure. Keep your body pure. Keep your mind pure. He re Listen, Joseph refused to violate uh, not only his, his own body, but the trust of his master Potiphar and his trust that God had put him in. You see, the Lord was with Joseph. God, God promoted Joseph. God was the one that was seeing Joseph through, these, uh, through this time. He went from being sold as a slave, now he's an important person. And the interesting thing is this, Joseph is on his way to fulfilling the, the dream that he had, the 11 sheaves give, giving obeisance to his sheaf, the sun and the moon 
and the 11 stars bowing down to him because he's going to meet their needs. And, but that's down the road. That's down the road. And listen, what's happening today, God is preparing you for what's down the road. It may be five years from now. It may be 10 years from now. And God, listen, God has a, has a plan for your life, and he wants you to be faithful. Things may not always go as planned, but he wants you to be faithful. And what this, this area of purity and staying right is very important. Um, Proverbs, Proverbs 15 and verse 3. Um, you know, Joseph knew that God would know what he did. You see, the Bible says the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. Hebrews 4.13. Again, when we think about our lives, the Bible says, neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. In other words, he sees it. But all things are naked and open before his eyes or unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. And so, listen, Joseph said, I can't sin against my master and I can't sin and do this wickedness against my God. And so we think about Joseph's temptation. We think about... Potiphar's wife, she was an Egyptian lady. Um, Egyptian women were uh, renowned in that day and known for being beautiful. I mean, she's obviously a beautiful lady. She's not going to be married to Potiphar without being a beautiful lady. And yet, Joseph withstood. Joseph, listen, Joseph was more interested... And, and, and doing what's right than just gratifying his flesh. And so he makes the right decision. He makes a decision that would be difficult for a young man, but he does what's right because he knows it's right. And it's, it's important to understand. Here's, here's Joseph. He's in the house. He's overseeing everything. I mean, this is a huge promotion He's overseeing everything in the house. He said, I'm, listen, I'm over everything. There's nobody more important in this house than me, other than the master. And I think it's important to note that, you know, when you get a, a big promotion, or God does a great thing, and you have a great revival. Leonard Ravenhill talked about revival. When revival happens, then Satan will, will come and try to tempt after a great victory, that's when you have to be on guard. After a great event, that's when you have to be on guard. Listen, you will never, you will never remain faithful throughout your life unless you're always on guard. Never let your guard down. Never be, never be out there, put yourself out there, and not be aware that uh, temp there's, there's temptation out there. And the devil wants to destroy you. And uh, be, be quick to go to God. Be quick to follow God. Be quick to look to God. Don't be judgmental in other people. You do what's right. You follow God. And look to Him. 1 Corinthians 10, 12. Uh, chapter 10 and verse 12. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth 
take heed lest he fall. Listen, when you hear of a brother falling, don't say, oh, man, you know, whoa, you know. Um, I'm never going to do that. I'll never do that. That'll never happen to me. No, you, you, need to be, you need to take heed. You need to beware. That's a warning to you to stand tall and be faithful. Satan's out to destroy you. Satan's out to discourage you. Satan's out to cause you to sin. And uh, you need to look to God. You need to follow Him. Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 15. Good understanding giveth favor, but the way of the transgressors is hard. Listen, sin will lead you down a road and it'll be much harder than it would have been if you stood to the temptation. Your life will be much more difficult. And so... Be in the Word. Be prepared for the attack of Satan. You want to have a faithful life. You want to have a life of influence? You've got to be faithful. And you've got to be aware. And you've got to stand up and do what's right. Um, the Bible says in James 1.13, as we think about temptation, let no man say when he is tempted that I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither tempteth he any man. So we're not tempted by God. How are we tempted? Verse 14, temptation comes from a fallen nature. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away in his own lust and enticed. So we, are, we have a fallen nature. And so when we're tempted, it's because of our, of our flesh, of our lust. And um, thank God, uh, uh, the Bible says, uh, well, let's look at verse 15. When, then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. And so, you know your weakness. You know your weakness. Some people have a weakness of alcohol. You need to stay away. Some people got saved a little bit later on in life, and maybe they're an alcoholic. So you have to stay away from alcohol. You can't go to events. I, I get concerned about all the drinking that goes on these days. Um, you know, among Christians. And I've just, well, you know, the, the, what they're saying today, and I think falsely, well, if you can't just have one drink and you can't just sip a little wine, then you're weak. Well, yeah, I'm weak. Well, if you have a little drink of wine, it'll calm your nerves. Listen, it becomes more and more and more. I have a brother, Gabe, who's an alcoholic. He died an alcoholic. A sister, Nancy, she died an alcoholic. She was an alcoholic. And it, it breaks my heart. My brother, David, was hooked on uh, prescription, prescription drugs. So I got Gabe, I got Nancy, my sister, Vicky, was an alcoholic. She died of liver disease. They came in, they said, listen, we'll give you a liver transplant, but you have, to, you have to promise to quit drinking. She said, I don't drink. She denied that she even drank. It was so sad. Liquor and booze um, will bring 
into your life um, a great possibility of becoming an alcoholic, and it'll control you. I'm simply saying stay away from it. Stay away from it. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. Um, I'm thankful that God makes this promise. There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way for you to escape, that you may be able to bear, you may be able to bear it. So even though you're sinful, and sin and temptation comes into your life, because of the lust of your flesh, not something that God did, God will help you overcome the temptation if you'll allow him to. And how do we do it? When you, when you have temptation, deal with it immediately. Nip it in the bud. Do it realistically. Get away from it. Stay away from it. Whatever your temptation is, stay away from it. Do whatever it takes to avoid it. Whatever it takes. If it's drugs, alcohol, sex, whatever it takes, stay away from it. Avoid it. And uh, deal with it consistently. Again, you've got to be consistent in your resistance. You've got to be consistent in saying no. You've got to be consistent. How do you say no? You've been this book. Listen, we, fr- we, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. The, big, the biggest enemy today is not this pandemic. It's not the, uh, you know, the, the coronavirus, or the COVID-19. The biggest enemy of the Christian today is the lust of the flesh. The world, the flesh, and the devil. And believe me, he wants to discourage you. He wants to destroy you. So don't let him. You have God. You have Jesus. You have the power of the precious Holy Spirit. And so look to Him. We have a great God. We have a great God who will help us. And so we look to Him. He's able. And we can bear Him. He's, he's able to, to help us bear it and get through it and have victory over it. So you've got to stay close to God. You've got to look to God. You've got to know that sin will not only hurt your family, but it hurts God. You see, we want to be able to say, as Paul said, I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. I've kept the faith. I'm thankful for my wife, Becky. I'm thankful as as I took care of her. And as I look back and I read different things, I read something that I put on Facebook two years ago and the pain, that she, uh, the pain that she was feeling. It was like March. She didn't die until December. And I was asking for prayer on the people in Facebook and church because she was in such pain. And she really had a lot of pain and agony that last six months. But I never heard her say, God, God, why are you doing this to me? God, why? She was just faithful. She looked to God, and she was faithful to her God up until uh, her last day when, uh, when I bent down and hugged her, and she gave me a hug, that last hug. I'll never forget it. I'm thankful for a faithful wife. She fought a good fight. She finished her course, 
she kept the faith. Though she faced the great difficulty and battling cancer, she was faithful. And whatever you're battling, whatever difficulties you're facing, um, you, God can see you through it, and He can help you. And so we see His faithfulness, the influence of a faithful man. We see the influence of a faithful man in trials, not only in temptation, but in trials. So here he is. Joseph says no to the temptation. So Potiphar's wife sets him up. She, she sets him up and she takes and asks him to lie with her. And he, she grabs his garment and he runs away. And she calls the master of the, when the master of the home comes, comes back home that evening. And she makes up a lie about Joseph. And Joseph is cast into prison. He's already been in the pit because of his brother's jealousy. Now he's in the pit again down in a dungeon because of envy and rejection of a, uh, from Potiphar's wife. And so she's mad because she can't conquer him. And he's, uh, he's being godly. He's being more faithful and, and uh, honoring his master, Potiphar, and his God. And so she's angry at him. And when, uh, when Potiphar gets home, look at verse 17. And, he spake, and she spake unto him, unto Potiphar, according to these words, saying, The Hebrew servant which thou hast brought unto us came in to me to mock me. And it came to pass, I lifted up my voice and cried, and he left his garment with me and fled. She blames her husband because of what she's saying, you brought him into the house and he tried to rape me. It's a sad situation. But now Joseph finds himself in prison. Psalm 105, verses 17 through 19. And he sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold as a servant, whose whose feet they hurt with fetters, and he was laid in an in iron until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. I mean, he's cast into prison. She lies about him. But the Bible says in verse 21 of chapter 39, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And he was faithful in the trial. Nowhere do we see Joseph defending himself or saying anything. Nowhere. He just trusts God. I mean, he's got to wonder, Lord, you know, here I am. Lord, when are these dreams going to come true? And we don't always understand the circumstances of our lives. Something may be happening in your life right now. It could be the loss of a job right now because of the coronavirus. I don't know. It could be a physical challenge that you have. It could be a loss of a loved one. It could be something you just don't understand. But look to God. Look to Him. And follow Him faithfully. Joseph was faithful his influence was great in the temptation. 
And then the trials. And then in tragedy. He's imprisoned. He's in jail. But the Lord was with him. And he looked to God. And he followed him. It's an amazing story. He just gets, he gets into prison. He just keeps serving God. The prison, God, the prison, the master in the prison looks at him and says, man. And believe me, they probably knew when everybody in prison, they say, well, we're not guilty, we're not guilty. The, the master in the, in, the, in the prison probably thought Joseph's not guilty. But he's still in prison. And he stays in prison for a while. But the Lord was with him. And he had a great spirit. And he did all that he did. God made him to prosper. Even in prison. How do you prosper in prison? Joseph did. And so the Bible says in Job 14.1, as we think about our lives, man is born of a woman is, is, is of a few days and full of trouble. We face troubles. We, fa we face problems. Job chapter 5 and verse 7. Again, uh, yet man is born into trouble as the sparks fly upward. And so we're born into trouble. We all have difficulties. But let's look to God. Romans 8, 28 says that all things work together for good. Uh, for those that love God, those who are called according to His purpose. Uh, Psalm 37 and verse 23 steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. And so look to the Lord tonight. Follow him. Uh, yeah, there's going to become times of temptation and trials and tragedies in our lives and they're great, but look to God. Follow him. Your faithfulness through the temptation and through the trials and through the tragedies in your life gives you a power of influence. And God is developing a power of influence in your life that He's going to use greatly with your family, with your friends, with your foes. They're going to respect you. And so let's just follow Him. Listen, we're all facing some tough times right now, but let's, let's be faithful. God is using you, and He's going to use you in even a greater way. If you're out there and you're not sure you're on your way to heaven, Look to Jesus. He's the author and finisher of our faith. He can save your soul. Call upon Him. March 12, 1972, I called upon Jesus. And He came into my heart and life. I was a sinner and needed, needing a Savior. And uh, He saved me that day. I just said, Lord, forgive me. I know that I'm a sinner, Lord. And I'll be lost without you, Lord. Come into my heart and be my Savior. And He did. And He will for you tonight. Look to Him. And Christian, let's just be faithful. Listen, we, we're going to reach this community. God has a big plan for us, all of us. We're here on a divine assignment. We're here at Mountain Avenue Baptist Church in Calvary Christian School. Let's, let's fulfill God's divine assignment for us. And let's just be ready. Let's stand up and be ready for the fight. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of darkness, the rulers of, in high places. 
So let's just be ready and be steady and follow Him. God's got great things ahead for you. And God's got great things ahead for us corporately as we come together in this church. And, uh, and so let's live in such a way and to have a great spirit about us and look to God and focus upon Him and He'll bless. Let's pray. Father, thank You for Your love for us. Thank You for the, the Spirit of God. Thank You for using us. And God, we look to You now. We pray that You'll bless and help and guide our church family, our school family, uh, God, all of our leaders in our church, our leaders in our school, Lord, all the parents as they lead their homes, uh, our young people as they get prepared to lead, help them to be good leaders in, their, uh, in, the, in the youth group, in their schools they attend. May they do what's right. May they stay pure and holy for your glory. We love you now in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much uh, for being here uh, this evening with us. I hope you have a good night. We look forward to seeing you this weekend. God bless you.